People need advice. We got one that's um, kind of part PSA, part uh, part public service announcement for other people, and uh, ask for advice. We'll get okay. to that one in just All a little right. bit. That's some pretty real stuff for that fella. This one, I just moved in with my boyfriend of eight months. It's a bit quicker than I'd normally move in with someone. Okay. You know, hopping from house to house. Apartment yeah, I mean, apartment. how often do you do that? But I had problems with an awful landlord, and my boyfriend just bought a house. So he said, come on in. Okay. And that's, I said, okay. That's normal. I've been in that situation. That's how, it, that's how it happens more often than not. Yeah. Necessity. Yeah. My boyfriend's hobby is woodworking, and he plans to furnish the house exclusively with things he builds. Oh, that's a that's a bold statement. It is. I mean, yeah. I mean, if he's, he's good at it. Pretty I, talented, but he has a demanding job, so one piece can take him months. Oh boy. Okay. Well, this is going to be a problem then. So in he, the he meantime, have a stockpile already doesn't sound like it, Steve. Okay. In the meantime, we're sleeping on a mattress on the floor, eating dinner on the floor, etc. I offered to pay for some secondhand furniture to use until he finishes replacements. But my boyfriend claims that living with substandard furniture will pollute his imagination. Oh, my God. Oh, These aren't real people. No, it's going <laughs> to pollute his not, imagination. No. Nope. I mean, at least bring in a lawn chair or something. It's something to sit on. My God. No. She adds, quote, he has a lot of odd views like this, and 99% of the time I find it funny and endearing. And it might be 99% of the time, but for God's sakes, I mean, you need a place to eat besides the floor. I don't. I have an... A bad dating history, and I don't want to start a fight with someone that might be the one by insisting on temporary furniture. I think this is a sign that they're not the one. Yeah, it could be. It kind of seems it's like possible. it. possible. He might not be the one for anyone. That's too quirky. You can't have furniture until I build it. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, like, I like building stuff too, but for God's sakes. You know, yeah. I'm willing to buy things uh, to satisfy my needs in the moment. Of course, if you're an, if, and especially if you're buying it secondhand, I feel like if your girlfriend was saying, well, let's just go buy all new stuff. I know the intention is to buy it secondhand. So it's a little cheaper and then maybe even easier to get rid of because there's no attachment yeah. to it. It wasn't expensive, whatever, whatever. Yes. But no, you'd just rather be stubborn and sit until you finish your project. No, it's just dumb. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have to get a fancy bed, but a bed frame that you can get your mattress off the ground is like 20 bucks. Um, yeah, it's going to pollute you, his mind. Use though. a card table and, <laughs> and four chairs so that you have a place to eat. I mean, you don't have to buy fancy, expensive furniture. Sounds exactly what what a like what a mind polluter would say, yeah. right, Steve? I mean, that yeah, does exactly. Mind polluting. You're right. I am. Uh, where are you going to Where are you going to pick up your uh, artistic muses? If Hot wings, you've why don't got you just, a, a chair? Why don't you just yell in his face? That's the way we've always done it. Stop trying. I mean, that is. Yeah, yeah maybe they should start eating outside. Thanks a lot, socialism. Jimbo uh, here. I'm creeping up on 50 and I have been married to the same person for nearly half the time. Sounds like about 25 years. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Last week I was told out of the blue that she was seeing someone else. She hasn't been in love with me for years and that she couldn't give up the other guy. Oh, dang. Wow. So she's already seeing him. And uh, has been for some uh -huh. time. Hasn't, and has hasn't already been in love for a long time. Already worked through the idea of you being out. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Would have been nice to maybe be informed this discussion was going on a little well, earlier. That's but a, yeah, it's a rough Sometimes go. that happens. A rough we go. have a child who is off to college and out of the house as mature as she is. This will wreck her. To be honest, I've had a drinking problem for many years that without a doubt was an issue. No jail abuse or issues outside the house, but it impacted my self-image and it destroyed my libido. I've recently started therapy. Better help. Thank you, by the way. And I'm making strides towards sobriety like never before. Oh, that's good. And that was before the, by the way, I have a boyfriend, don't love you and want a divorce bombshell. So this this guy felt like, hey, I'm trying and I know I've been part of the problem. Yes. As much as I want to, I haven't gone back to boozing like it's an Olympic event. Good. Because I know that's not going to help anything. You're right. That Yeah. It's not going to be better to be no. divorced and a drunk. No. Because you're already going to be, mm-hmm. it sounds like, divorced. This is the need advice part and part public service announcement. What the hell do I do? I don't know the first thing about the process. My future, once clear, is now a giant gray slate. This public service announcement is for the wives, partners, girlfriends, or husbands, or whatever. No matter how clear, how you think your hints or clues are, how clear you think they are, they might not be getting through. Speak openly and honestly with your person, because like me, he's probably too stupid to read the subtext and will find himself sputtering in disbelief as you walk out the door. Well, I'm going to guess that the signs were probably pretty obvious, but you were too plastered to recognize it. No offense. Um, and sometimes, and the- I'm glad that you are cleaning yourself up, and you should. You definitely should. And look at it as you've, you've got two halves of your life. This, the first one is coming to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Now you've got the next half. What are you going to do with it? You're going to be a sad sack, or are you going to get over this and use it as a learning experience? Because you're not going to get her back. That's over. Yeah. I mean, it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it's going to suck for your daughter, but you're right. I mean, she, you know, she'll have to mourn the loss of that, uh, just like anybody who has to mourn the loss of any uh, an actual person or a relationship or whatever. But she'll be okay. You'll be okay. Everyone will be okay in the long run, but you're going to have to go, hey, these were my failures. Maybe I won't make them again. And then the second half of my life is going to be kick ass. Yeah. And I'm going to find somebody and I'm going to treat her the way she's supposed to be treated. Not like I did the last time. And you might find out she's going to treat you the way you're supposed to be treated. Mm -hmm. And also stop doing I hate when people do that. Like, yeah, well, I was an alcoholic, but I wasn't abusive. Like, I never put my hands on the person. Okay, cool. So we're talking about things you never did. Okay, uh, like, why do you do that? Why do you have to have that that context there where, here, here's who I was, but let me just overshadow it by telling you who I wasn't, mm-hmm. so that way you don't think I was a bad person. Yeah. Because you were an alcoholic, and no matter no matter how nice you were in that time of your life, you were an alcoholic. It's destructive. It's destructive. You, yeah. you said it and caused it, problems in the relationship. I Whether or and not- And to his credit, went, he's already working on it. Sorry. Sure, yeah, absolutely. That's totally fine. But I think even when you're working on it, to note the things that you weren't, it's like, okay, uh, great job, except the, all that does is deflect from the thought of who you were in that moment and who you're recovering from being. Like telling yourself, well, I was never that bad. Right, but you were bad in a different way. So rather than just trying to overshadow it, just yeah. mm-hmm. own I that. Think for me, and maybe Hot Wings would echo this, maybe not. But I think, uh, and you guys have heard me talk about this off the air and maybe on the air too, but the biggest revelation for me was being able, so here's the advice somebody gave me. I'll, I'll double back for a second. The advice one of my best friends gave me was, well, when, cause this is somewhat similar to my experience. The advice I got from one of my friends was get a therapist, then get a lawyer. That's, that's what, mm-hmm. you know, the second one's obvious. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the first one is is very good. Now, you've done half of that. That's a really big deal, and that's going to help. But I think for me, what I learned is um, you look back with the benefit of hindsight, and it's not that you're changing the narrative. It's that you see the narrative from different points of view, different points of view from your eyes and from your significant other's eyes. And that can be, hopefully, what sets you up to be better down the road. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go, oh, this was mm-hmm. on the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, is that fair to say, Howings? No, I think. I mean, that, not that ours is the same. Well, but. I think it is for almost everybody in any of those situations. I mean, when something is coming to an end, you know, you have to look at yourself too, and okay, how was how was this failure? How how did I contribute to it? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you already know the big part of how you contributed to it in this mm-hmm. case. You're actually um, starting with a little bit of a head start by trying yeah. to fix one of the problems that got you there in the first place. So yeah, it sucks, but don't backslide. Don't go backwards, go forwards. You got, you know, if you're lucky, you got half your life left. Mm-hmm. So uh, use it better. Let's do one more real quick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This one seems like they're asking for advice. It seems like the answer is in the question. I'm from a big tight nip family. That's not nip. A tight-knit family. family. Wow, man. A big, tight-knit family. Tight-knit. Where everyone is in each other's business. Even though I live alone, my parents, siblings, cousins have keys to my apartment, <laughs> and they'll drop by. Well, let me stop you there, friend. Get those keys back. Nope. Change no one should have keys to your place except for one other person. Well, and, you know, about and a month it's ago, fine to a degree, but you can't. You still don't just get to come on over whenever you want and let no. yourself in. That right? is not acceptable about a month ago my new girlfriend becca and i were banging it out on the kitchen floor when my mom walked in unexpectedly she was dropping off some food for us no my mom was shocked and called her a rude name and surprise becca ran for the shower and left me to deal with things how dare her run away from a strange woman coming into the Uh apartment yeah the conversation awkward at best but things got more awkward when they left becca's now weird about having sex at my apartment why she'll insist we move to the bedroom and lock the door yeah, I think that's yeah. reasonable. Yeah, 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 that's reasonable. This is all on you, stupid, um, because you never set boundaries with your overbearing family and told them, hey, it's fine if you come over, but you have to text me first. And you, you know, know this. Whatever. You started it by <laughs> right. saying I have an overbearing family or yeah. whatever that's all up in my business. Like you, yeah. You're acknowledging what the issue is and then yeah. trying to figure out what the solution is yeah. you already have it yeah why it you says he's tall the last line is i feel like i'm caught in the middle between two pushy sides one pushing me into the bedroom and the other one pushing into my house how do i get them to leave me alone p.s i'm 35 35 well here's the problem you're what we call a doormat you're a lost cause um you're a <laughs> you're you're a problem i would put you in a basket and send you to some other egyptians put a chain lock on your on your door if you really don't want to like do the best of both worlds, right. keep, yeah. Because I, mean, I, I have my, both my neighbors have sets of keys to my house just in case. And if my family lived close by, they'd have sets of keys to my sure. house. Mm-hmm. But I you wouldn't have care. to worry about it. But that also, yeah, they would definitely call or text first. Or if I had a screen door, it would be locked, so you yeah. have to knock. Or I would go and buy a little like chain link lock that I could put on, and that way, if anybody busts up in there while you're banging it out in your kitchen, at least there there's a door stopper. Yeah. If if these people have keys. And you know that they have keys. You gave them the keys, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. This you is on you. you By the that. way, I would think a good way to keep family from just popping in is to be having sex on the kitchen floor when they pop in. Oh, yeah. so Most down. people are going to go, hey, you know what? 
I probably shouldn't just do that anymore. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard. Open your mouth, grow a spine, and then say, hey, hey, mom, you know what? I'm sorry you saw that, but in the future, um, I need you to text before you come over and definitely knock. No the more sex. just coming into my home. You're lucky that chick wants to have sex with you ever again. Be happy it's in the Seriously. bedroom. Yeah. 